Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor Fields here. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Here's another opportunity for the saints of God to come together and to hear a word, to be uplifted and encouraged and informed. I thank God for this opportunity every week. The Lord so far has allowed us to come together uh, to get into his word. And I thank God for that. We're going to give the saints time to uh, come in and as we prepare our hearts and minds to receive a word from the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, because of you, we are blessed and we're so grateful for all that you do, all that you are to us. Bless us through your holy word. Touch our hearts and minds, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you. Now, um, in one of our earlier studies entitled Dark Days Ahead, we talked about uh, the fact that dark days are coming. Tribulation is coming. Uh, as foretold in the scripture, the day of the Lord is a period According to the scripture, it's a period of unparalleled trouble. Hallelujah. And the troubles that we see now, Jesus said, is only the beginning of sorrow. Uh, but darker days are going to come when the judgment of God is going to be poured out upon the earth. And uh, we told you that the church will be taken out of here. Hallelujah. Before that happens, and there's some who are teaching and preaching and uh, believe that the church is going to go through tribulation, period. And um, so I just want to talk about where will the church be uh, during tribulation so we can consider this part two of uh, Dark Days Ahead. And I'm going to entitle this lesson, The Church and the Tribulation Period. Uh, so where will the church be uh, during this great tribulation? When tribulation period begins, um, according to what we believe and confess and what we see the word unfolds before us, that uh, Jesus would have come and gathered his children. He would have come and taken his church out of here, brought us unto himself, uh, according to what Jesus said, uh, here is an anchor scripture, John 14 and 3, where Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, mm -hmm. that where I am, there ye may be also. So this is grounds for us to believe that the Lord is going to come and take us out of here. And I know uh, the debate is, when is he going to take me out? Is he going to take us out of here after tribulation period? Well, I hear the Lord say, in this life, you shall have tribulation. Yes, uh, I don't believe and we're not taught. And this is why we don't confess uh, that the saints of God are supposed to go through tribulation period. Uh, not when he's promised to receive us unto himself. So let's talk about it because when we consider the nature of the church, 
uh, the calling or the election of the church. Uh, what is her place? Her meaning the church. What is the bride of Christ? What is her place in the divine program or will uh, as it relates to the church's relationship with Jesus Christ? Surely, uh, when you think about all of those things I just laid out, surely the church cannot and will not go through the great tribulation. Why? Well, uh, because the church is a called out company of believers. Uh, both Jews and Gentiles, according to Scripture, uh, every nation under heaven, uh, to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Remember, uh, let's go to Acts chapter 15, verse 14. Simeon hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So um, the place of the church in the divine scheme of things, uh, what is what is God's plan for us, for you and I? Um, and you'll find that within, I'll call it a parenthesis or a, um, um, a period of time before the trouble begins, uh, the rapture that that period of time where the Lord says, that's it, I'm coming to get my children. Um, First Corinthians, remember that scripture, chapter 15, uh, verses 51 through 53. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Let's go to First Thessalonians. Let's go there. Let's get into the word. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So uh, listen to my notes. When the church has been completed and translated, right? Hallelujah. He's got all that he's going to uh, gather unto himself and we're going to be translated. Then the prophecies relating to Israel will take up their course again. Uh, moreover, consider the relationship of the church. And I don't want to go too fast. The relationship of the church um, to Christ. If I take you to Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 31 and 32, it says, for this cause, listen, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And Paul is using the analogy of marriage to describe our relationship, the church's relationship with Jesus Christ. So listen, verses 31 and 32, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother 
and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. But verse 32, he makes it clear, this is what I'm talking about. So hear the message. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So I separate it. Uh, like a man separates from his mother and father and cleaves to his wife, we separated from the world and we cleaved to Christ. So the church is the bride of Christ. You and I are the bride of Christ. You and I are the bride of Christ. This is why we say we are the bride of, of Christ. And to make his bride go through tribulation period would be to subject uh, Christ himself a second time to the visitation of God's wrath. What do you mean? He's already died. He's already suffered for us so that we can cleave unto him and become one with him. So why would he take his bride who has been joined with him and make his bride go through tribulation period? Hallelujah. That would mean he would have to suffer all over again, and he's already suffered for us. He's already shed blood for us. He's already felt pain for us. And salvation is about taking us out, hallelujah, of the hands of wrath and putting us in the company of Christ. In his presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. So we're considering the nature of the church uh, her calling, her election, uh, and and unraveling this makes us to understand that if he feels this way about us, if he suffered for us, uh, if he sacrificed for us, uh, he would not allow us or will for us to go through tribulation period uh, because we are his bride. So uh, it's safe for me also through looking through the scriptures, unless you can find it, if you can find it, send it to me. Um, there's not one syllable of scripture that affirms that the church will go through the tribulation period. Uh, nor was I able to find anywhere or any warning in the word of God that tells me to get ready for tribulation. There's no, oh, get ready feels for tribulation. He tells me, they who would live godly will suffer persecution. He tells me uh, that if I suffer with him, I'll also reign with him. But there's no warning telling me to get ready for tribulation. But there is telling me to prepare myself, son of man, be ready for you know not know you know not when the son of man shall return. Be ye also ready, not ready for tribulation ready for the rapture, ready to be uh, joined with him. So listen, if it had been part of the divine program that the church would pass through this great tribulation, uh, wouldn't the Lord have referred to this in his messages and his teachings? Uh, wouldn't he have warned his disciples of it? Uh, but when you read the gospels, uh, John, the 14th chapter, 13th chapter, 15th chapter, 16th chapter, even the 17th chapters, uh, where he is speaking to his own. He's speaking to his children. 
uh, and he, uh, and not with reference to the events after the rapture, uh, he's not talking to them about tribulation and all of those opportunities where he's he's ministering and preaching, uh, but um, not a mention there about his children going through tribulation. Uh, the only time the Lord spoke about great tribulation uh, was in Matthew chapters 24 and 25. Um, and he's talking to them. Uh, he talks about it. It's recorded in Mark, the 13th chapter, uh, Luke, the 21st chapter. Uh, these statements and warnings have no relation to the church at all. No. Uh, his great word to the church, his word to the church, uh, let's go back to it. John 14, 1, 2, and 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. My church, my children. Mm -hmm. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's rapture talk. That where I am, there ye may be also. So in addition to this, um, when we turn to the epistles, um, which were written specifically for the church, for the growth and nurturing the teaching, the indoctrination uh, of the church to help them prepare for their hope, to prepare to see Christ. Here again, we find there's no word of warning to believers to prepare for tribulation period. There's no warning. Get ready for tribulation. You're going to go through tribulation period. You're going to go through, you're going to experience the wrath of God there's no warning for his church, for his children to go through the great tribulation. So if the church is to go through, because some are teaching this, if the church is going to go through the tribulation, then uh, many of the promises that are found in the scripture uh, are giving us a false hope. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's get into it because the great hope the hope of my salvation is not death and gloom and doom. Uh, I, I dare say even the, the, the hope of my uh, salvation uh, is, is not even heaven. It, it's, it's the blessed hope. Let's, and, and let me explain because I, I felt some of you cringing. Uh, because for the grace of God, Titus 2, 11 through 13, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Those, so the church in this present world, this, we should be living, uh, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. And we should be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. 
So I, I'm even more excited about being with Jesus, not about, I'm not so much as excited about heaven, because remember that song, heaven is wherever Jesus is, where Jesus is, is heaven there. If I was just hanging in outer space with Jesus, I'm happy about that. Uh, but our blessed hope uh, is the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. Listen, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is our blessed hope, not death, not tribulation, but the appearing of Jesus Christ. The fact that he's coming to take me out of here. Uh, so the doctrine that we abide by is part of the apostolic teaching. Uh, the Lord is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Yes, dark days are coming, but his church will be raptured out of here. Uh, so uh, this is my incentive. This should be your incentive uh, to live holy. Hallelujah. Uh, that Jesus is coming to take you out of here, bring you to a better place. I have a place that's prepared for you. And I'm, I'm doing this because I want you to be with me. I want to be with Jesus. Let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know, hallelujah, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And listen, that's not all. It says, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So everyone that has this hope, this is my incentive. I want to be right. I want to be clean. Purifies himself. Every man that has this hope. What is that hope that I'm going to be as he is? Hallelujah. I'm his son now. We're the sons of God now. But you ain't seen nothing yet. It does not yet appear what we shall be. Hallelujah. So uh, these are our incentives. We shall be like him. Now let's go to James 5, 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Why? For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. I don't understand these folks that are determined to put me in tribulation period where Jesus saved me to keep me out of that mess. Hallelujah. And he says, be patient. Yes, establish your heart, settle yourself, settle your nerves. Be patient because he's coming. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Hallelujah. He tells me to be diligent also in my walk. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end of the grace that is to be brought unto you un, at, rather, at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which have called you is holy, 
So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. In the Greek, in all manner of behavior. Be holy. Why? Hallelujah. Because our God is holy. And this holy God is coming to take us out of here, to bring us to a place that he has prepared for holy people. Hallelujah. So if the church, according to some who are falsely teaching, if the church is going to go through the tribulation, then we should be looking for tribulation and not for the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Hmm. But let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. I'm in the book. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus. That's who he's talking about. We are to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us. Listen, what did he deliver us from? He delivered us, according to scripture, he delivered us from the wrath to come. Listen, we're not just tongue talkers. We're not just tambourine beaters. We, we, we don't just jump around the building. But God has delivered us from the wrath to come. Because of this salvation, there's no need for us to go through the great tribulation because we are his bride. We're in the bride. He's not going to make his wife go through all of that. He saved her. He delivered her. He purchased her with his own blood. We have been redeemed. Stay in the faith and don't let anybody twist your theology. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Don't miss the rapture because after the rapture, that great tribulation period will come. So, um, the great hope which Paul holds before us in his word, in his teachings, that great hope uh, is that, listen, listen to my notes, is that they may go without dying. And if they have to go through tribulation first, this is what Paul is really saying. If, if we have to go through tribulation first, uh, wouldn't it be better to die? than to, to be alive, if we have to go through all of that, wouldn't it just be better for us to die? But Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So uh, let's dig deeper. Let's, let's get into this. And I know I might get some letters. You'd be surprised how many uh, people believe that we're going to go through tribulation and, and, and some are teaching uh, like the uh, Jehovah's Witness that we're already in, in going through tribulation. And there's some folks who are acting like there is no heaven and there is no hell. My Lord, what Bible are you reading? So uh, the scriptures, the word of God, the word of God expressly teach that the believer, the born again believer, those who have been filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost has been delivered from wrath and that judgment is passed. He has dropped the charges. That judgment has passed. He has brought you. He has brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Paul said he has translated you 
into the kingdom of his dear son. But the great tribulation will be a time of fearful judgment. The time of the wrath of the Lamb. The wrath of God. Let's go to the book of Psalms. I'll take you first to the Old Testament. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. My Lord. Listen, uh, that verse tells us that great tribulation will be a visitation of the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Upon his enemies. Upon his enemies. Not upon his bride. And we are in the bride, but upon his enemies. We're not his enemies. And there's no wrath reserved for his bride. There's no wrath reserved for his people. Um, Jesus has borne our judgment for sin. Hallelujah. I felt that. He bore our judgment for sin on the cross. That's what we teach. This is what we believe. John 5 and 24. Hallelujah. Listen to these words. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. I'm in the word. Paul picks it up in his teachings to the Roman congregation, uh, Romans 5 and 9, much more than being now justified by what? By his blood. Hallelujah. We shall be saved from wrath through him. Hata, glory, my Lord. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 10. Paul teaching again, he's saying, wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. What am I waiting for? I'm waiting for my ride. He's coming to take me out of here, whether I'm dead or alive. Hallelujah. If I'm dead, the dead shall rise first. Hallelujah. And if I'm still alive and remaining, Hallelujah, I shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We shall not all sleep. Hallelujah, but we're all going to be together. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. Listen to these words. It's made clear. It is made totally clear. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 9. For God has not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So for those of you who are teaching that the church is going to participate in the great tribulation period, if, if that is so, um, why is it that only those who are alive have, have to put up with this fearful judgment? Why, why is it only those who are alive uh, would he have would have to put up with this fearful judgment if we're if the church is one whether we're dead or alive, uh, and according to the revelation that Paul received from the Holy Ghost, when when God comes to gather His children, uh, doesn't matter whether you're dead or if you're still here walking the earth, we all shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and I know the issue is when the timing. Uh, telling us that we're going to go through tribulation first, 
Um, and, and, and Jesus, even before he died on the cross, was saying, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Why? Because I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. So um, let's push even further. Now, um, in the book of Revelation, when you when you read the book of Revelation, you're getting a panoramic view of future events. Right. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and the Lord took him and showed him things um, and there were some things he showed John. He said, don't write that. Uh, don't don't even mention that. But there, there are things happening in the book of Revelation that are giving us a panoramic view of future events. Uh, the church is represented as being in heaven before the great tribulation period begins. And I wish I had time to, to really read all of it. But the Great Tribulation, according to how we understand the panoramic viewing that we're giving in the book of Revelation, uh, the Great Tribulation can't take place before the Lamb opens the book with the seven seals. Revelation chapter 5. It is only after these seals are broken that the trouble begins. Revelation chapter 6. And I wish I had time. Uh, and I, I, I hear it now. I'm probably going to have to go into a series dealing with the book of Revelation. Uh, but, but according to this panoramic view, uh, most of which is, is, is a panoramic view, of course, the church is represented as being with Jesus, being in heaven even before the great tribulation period begins. So, um, in the Old Testament, there are, there are three analogies that we are given. And I, I want to take you through them. Uh, and I wish I, I wish I could dig because all three of these analogies within themselves is two or three lessons by itself. Uh, but in the Old Testament, there are three typical analogies that are violated by the teaching of those that say the church is going to go through great tribulation period uh, because there are three analogies given to us right the old testament deals in types and shadows um, and if i'm led to believe the false teaching that the bride of christ the church born again believers uh, are going to go through the great tribulation, uh, then these three analogies are violated. It is a contradiction. Uh, the first is the translation of Enoch, right? Before the judgment of the flood, right? The Lord was angry and um, he decided to let it rain. My God, be getting ready to have church before the trans, um, before the judgment of the flood. He translated Enoch. He translated Enoch. Genesis five twenty four. Genesis five and twenty four. And Enoch walked with God, 
and he was not, for God took him. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews talks about it. 11 and 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Would not allow Enoch to go through the flood or the judgment because he pleased him. So he translated him. This is a type of rapture. <laughs> it's not the only time God did this. There's another fella who waited for a taxi. I say taxi, but it was a chariot of fire, right? It was typical of the rapture of the living saints. It's exemplified in the Old Testament. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I'm going to prepare that place for you. How are we going to get there? He's going to translate us. He's going to pull us out of here. And we see by Old Testament example that it happened before judgment, before the judgment of the flood. Here we have a type of rapture exemplified. So prior to the time of fearful judgment upon the earth, God made a way. He has in a way an exit strategy for the people of people of God. Put that put that in the comment section. I have an exit strategy. And that exit strategy before judgment is the rapture. No. This is why I don't believe the church will be part of the great tribulation period. I have enough trouble now and I read it earlier out of the book of 1 Thessalonians he has not appointed us to wrath. We have been appointed to holiness. We've been brought into the kingdom of his dear son. So the first analogy is the translation of Enoch. Mm -hmm. The second is the preservation of Noah and his family. Let's get into this. The preservation, the first one was, was uh, Enoch's translation. The second was Noah's uh, preservation of himself and his family through the flood. Genesis 7 and 1, and then I'll go to verse uh, 16. 7 and 1, verse 16 also. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Now, if I go down to verse 16 of that chapter in Genesis, chapter 7, and they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Mm -hmm. So what is this typical of? I'm going to get into it. And I really wish I had time that I, I needed to dig all this meat out of here. Uh, this is typical of the preservation of Israel.
during the Great Tribulation. There's going to be uh, a thousand from each tribe, right? Twelve thousand, I'm sorry, out of each tribe. Uh, part of the Antichrist, his frustration will be that he won't be able to touch them or find them. They're going to be sealed, right? So this is typical, many teach and believe that this is typical of the preservation of Israel during the Great Tribulation because of the fierceness uh, of the Great Tribulation. God will even shorten the period of judgment for his elect's sake. Matthew 24 and 22. We're getting deep into the word. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So who are the elect? I'm glad you asked. Who are the elect? Because the church is going to be raptured, right? But there's going to be a group of people during tribulation period that will be sealed, right? And I wish I had time to get into it. This is why I'm saying I may have to teach a few classes in Revelation. Uh, 12,000 from each tribe will be taken out, that 144,000, but they will be sealed, right? The elect, the term elect is uttered three times by Jesus in this uh, discourse. In Matthew 24, and um, his teaching, he says it in Matthew 14. He says it in Matthew, the 24th chapter, uh, and I believe it's in the 31st chapter. 31st verse, I'm sorry, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, where didst thou doubt? Um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, okay, I'm in the right place now. He says, and I'm sorry, and Mark, except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake, whom he have chosen, he have shortened the days. Um, he says it three times. It's recorded three times where he talks about his elect's sake during tribulation period. So, um, this is why I believe, and many others believe, that uh, all three uses of the word elect are referring to the same group of people, the same entity in, in each instance. So contextually, if we're properly, uh, rightly dividing the word of God, um, there is going to be a group of believers during tribulation. Uh, those who have been sealed, right? Uh, he's not talking about his church. Since the church has already been raptured, it cannot refer to her, cannot refer to his bride. So it has to then be referring to those Jews, those who have been chosen, the Jewish remnant. I believe that this term refers to that Jewish remnant. That, that, that the Antichrist is going to be so frustrated he can't do anything with because the Lord is determined to have representation of his chosen. That's another lesson. Hallelujah. Uh, but the church, the bride of Christ, will have been taken out of here. The third uh, typical analogy, right? We went through the fact that uh, translation of Enoch, 
represents or typifies uh, the rapturing of the living saints, pulling out of the saints before judgment. The second analogy we gave you was the preservation of Noah and his family, uh, which is typical of the preservation of Israel uh, during the Great Tribulation. Uh, and then it, the deliverance of Lot from Sodom. Let's, let's, uh, let's look at this. Genesis 19 and 22. Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. So uh, this typifies the Lord talking to his church. Remember the discourse that Abraham had? You're going to destroy the city. Uh, uh, and he goes through this discourse, if there are 50 righteous, will you destroy it? And God said, no, if there, and he goes all the way down, if you will you save it for 10? Uh, but the Lord says of his church now, um, I can't do anything in judgment until you reach it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything in judgment. Uh, and, and, let me read it in another version uh, to get even further clarity. Uh, I want to read that same verse, Genesis 19 and 22. Bear with me out of the Common English Bible. He says, hurry, escape to it. I can't do anything until you get there. That is why the name of the city is Zoar. So he's he's telling Lot, hurry up and get out. Get your people out. I can't, I'm not going to do any destruction until you get to where I'm sending you. Hallelujah. So he's not going to do any uh, destruction until we get to where he has prepared for us. So the Lord is saying to his church, I'm not going to do anything until I've received you unto myself. Hallelujah. Until I've raptured you, until I've pulled you up out of here. So, listen, and I'm going to close with this. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, but every born again believer in this world has been declared to be an ambassador of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul says it. He tells us, 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, Now then, now then, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So we're in, we are ambassadors now. We ought to show the world and be representatives of Christ to the world, right? What are we offering as ambassadors? We're offering peace. We're offering God's salvation. We're offering eternal life, that same eternal life that he has uh, given unto us, right? But listen, when you, when you talk about ambassadors, whenever there is an issue uh, in the country, let's, let's take the United States. If we, have, if we have a problem with Russia, right? Russia and the United States has a beef and they're not getting along. Um, right. Um, 
And if Russia feels insulted, Russia feels that they have been mistreated uh, wrongly and he, Right. The first thing Russia's going to do, they're going to call their ambassadors and recall them, which means before we take action with America, before we get into this, uh, I want you to pack your bags and get out of America. So they recall them. Right. And then the war will begin. The war won't start until the ambassadors of that nation won't start until Russia gets all of their ambassadors, all of their representation out of America. And I use that analogy to say this. The Great Tribulation won't start until all of the ambassadors of Christ have been recalled. <laughs> right? And then it will begin. But as long as the ambassadors are here on, so on this soil... It won't start. But once he has taken all of his ambassadors out of this earth, then it will begin. God will recall and remove his ambassadors before the great tribulation. Listen, I was listening to it for a long time this morning. There's, a, there's an old hymn. Uh, we don't even sing this song anymore. And uh, I had even found the site where it, was, it would play it for you. Uh, but here are the words. The words are powerful. Uh, Father, let thy kingdom come. Let it come with living power. Speak at length the final word. Usher in the triumph hour. Jesus is coming. And I don't know about you, but I don't plan to be here during the great tribulation period. Dark days are coming. It's my intention to be with Jesus. Wherever he is, it's got to be better than where I am right now. Hallelujah. He has a place prepared for me. I want to be with Jesus. How about you? Listen, if you don't know the Lord in the pardon of your sins, you need to get to know him. If you haven't been saved, you haven't been set free, you need the Holy Ghost. Because that same spirit that rose Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. Hallelujah. Church, be a part of his living, vibrant church. Be a part of his bride so you can spend eternity with him. I want to pray a special prayer. But if you haven't given your life to the Lord, send me an email. I need to talk with you. Admin at grtdc.org. If you have a special need of prayer, special request, you want to be baptized, let us know. And we'll reach out to you, admin at grtdc.org. We'll make plans. We'll make arrangements for you to be baptized. We'll even make arrangements for someone to pray with you. Yes, that you'll be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to make the rapture so you can be with Jesus throughout eternity. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. I pray, oh God, a special outpouring of your spirit upon everyone that's connected with this lesson on tonight. Fill and refill. Hashanda, restore, reclaim, renew. Father, we want to be ready when you come. Yes, we do. We want to be in the bride. 
Hallelujah. We want to spend eternity with you. Touch us one by one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wish you would send me those requests. If, if it's a special request you want me to join you in prayer with, send it to me. I'll lay it on the altar. I'm on the altar every Wednesday laying on my face, crying out to God. Hallelujah. Not only for me, but for you too. Now, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, you want to pay your tithes, you want to give an offering, you can do so. The technician will put all that information on the screen for you. And uh, those of you who are at Refuge Temple Annex there in the Bronx, uh, you can pass the basket now, uh, either Elder Blackwood or uh, Mother Van uh, can pass the basket, or you may use Givelify. To participate in this part of our service. Give unto the Lord. Uh, He will bless you mightily. Thank you so much for connecting with us. Those of you in the Philippines. And uh, those of you even in Japan. And those of you uh, in Europe, London. And other parts of the world. Jamaica. uh, Who have been connecting with us. I thank God for you. Hallelujah. And we're praying with you and for you. And we thank you for your diligence and faithfulness to this weekly teaching. And I pray that someday we'll be able to meet face to face. If not here on earth, uh, I'll meet you in the rapture. Until next week, you know what I'm going to say. Three things I'd like you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom.